And for me, that was just the feeling that I know my own limitations so well that I really need to be working with other people to move my ideas farther than I'm actually able to take them. Welcome to What Works. I'm your host, Tara Gentili. On What Works, our goal is to break through best practices, transcend conventional wisdom, and put theory to the test. To do that, we talk to real small business owners about what's actually working for them right now and deep dive on the who, what, how, and why of how it works. This week, my guest is my longtime business friend, Sarah Bray, a writer, researcher, and partner in chief of strategy at And Yet, a design and software consultancy. Her work on a more human approach to marketing has been featured in publications like The Huffington Post, New York Observer, and Offscreen Magazine. And she speaks and gives workshops at universities and organizations all over the country. Her current book, Gather the People, is in its second edition and will be available this summer. I was curious about what was working for Sarah as she's transitioned from a life of small business ownership and entrepreneurship to a life of intrapreneurship at And Yet. I believe and I've already seen that more people who have been wooed by the solo entrepreneur life will start to organize themselves in teams, either formally or informally. We'll be able to do more together and we'll feel more accomplished creating bigger things than we could on our own. Sarah has always had an eye for world-changing ideas, movements, and messages, and so it didn't surprise me at all when she decided to join a team of people who could help her take these ideas to a new height. Sarah and I chat about how she's maintained her entrepreneur perspective as part of the team at And Yet, the big projects she's been working on that fulfill her personal mission and creative drive, and how she manages experimentation and working in public, skills she learned as an entrepreneur, in a team setting. Let's find out what works for Sarah Bray. Sarah Bray, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for bringing me here. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited to catch up with you too, because I have been following your work online for like eight years now. It might be longer than that. I know you know this. I've been stalking you for a very long time. <laughs> uh, but you've you've made some big changes in the last year in your career, in the way you do business. And I would really love for you to kind of not only fill everyone else in, but fill me in. How did you come to be in your current position at And Yet? Well, um, like you said, I'd been an entrepreneur for a really long time. Um, I'd had my own small team and um, was working with some interesting people. Um, but I had decided to kind of scale back and go on my own again um, for a bunch of different reasons, but it just felt like I needed to do that. And um, But I'd been working that way for a while and... Um, I actually just felt like I had kind of like this frustration and I feel like frustration is the most amazing thing because anytime that there's something that I'm annoyed about or that's driving me crazy or that I feel like, uh, this one thing about my life just is not great and I can't figure it out and I don't know what it is and I keep running up against it. And for me, that, um, was just the feeling that, I know my own limitations so well that like I really need to be working with other people to move my ideas farther than I'm actually able to take them. And um, so anyway, I um, was talking to um, my friend 
um, at that time, Adam and, um, talking about their needs at and yet and what they're doing. And so, um, they had a need for actually someone to lead entrepreneurially their design team at that time. And so, um, and they also had a, and we're trying to figure out like, how are we going to work together? And yet had gone through some kind of hard, uh, financial times, um, gone through a couple of rounds of layoffs. And at the time they're doing really well and getting back on their feet, but, um, we're really hesitant to, um, to bring on new people. And, um, so Adam had asked me, um, do you, well, maybe we could, we could partner with you. And at the time it was partnering with me as, um, my own person kind of coming in and, um, and seeing how that worked for a bit. But anyway, I ended up actually becoming a partner in the company as a whole. And, um, we did some restructuring and, um, ended up becoming the chief of strategy for, for the team. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of weird to think about how all of that happened because it seems like it's all of these little things that are tied together that's like, okay, we need to solve this problem. This is where we're going to go. We need to solve this now. This is where we're going to go. And you eventually end up here. So yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> that's where you are. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. You mentioned that they that Adam really kind of tapped you for your entrepreneurial perspective, for what you could bring to the table as someone who had run their own business, who was uh, comfortable taking risks, who was comfortable kind of leading things, spearheading things. Can you talk about mm -hmm. how you're using your entrepreneurial skills in this entrepreneurial or in this entrepreneurial position? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think that it's just different when you have had your own company or even, um, just as a freelancer or, um, working on your own, you have a different way of thinking than, um, you did when you were employed by someone else. Um, just because you have to look at everything in terms of value and revenue, um, and expense, like you're, you're really aware of the impact of everything that you do. And, um, so at the, the time when we had a separate design team and we had a separate software, um, consulting team, um, being able to run that design team as an entrepreneur, um, was really important. And now I'm working on things that are more, um, uh, creating new products and new services, um, for the team as a whole, because we've combined those two business units, um, and working on interesting ways to, um, grow our community that are also, um, in alignment with who we are as people, um, because everyone on our team is really sensitive to, coming across as we just want your money because it's not true. Um, or we just want your attention or we just want these other things from you. Um, and so anything that we do on a marketing front has to be, it has to feel 
honest to to who we are as a team. So I'm kind of working in those different areas, product development, um, new service development and, um, and marketing. And all of those things, you have to think about the impact on the team as a whole. And um, I, I think that um, having been an entrepreneur, having run, you know, the entire thing and been responsible for giving people paychecks and um, letting people go, you know, if I needed to, I'm just really, really aware of the impact of all of the decisions that we make. And so I think that it drives me on a different level than um, I was when I was employed, you know, 13 years ago, (laughs) Mm. or whenever it was that I was employed last. But yeah. Yeah. I love how you frame that in terms of impact and and really being able to measure that and being aware of that in a different way than maybe the average employee. And actually, as you were talking, that was exactly my follow-up question is, have you or what what was your experience working for agencies in the past, working for corporations in the past um, outside of the, the business that you ran for many years? Hmm. Um, you mean as an employee? Yeah, or? exactly. Yeah. did uh, Originally, my head went to, uh, have you been an employee before now? Because, um, you know, some people I jump right, right into entrepreneurship. And, and what were you doing? And what had your experience been there? How does this compare uh, to what you were doing before? Oh, man. Well, I was, uh, before I was working in the university um, uh scene. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> industry. I don't know. Um, and so a lot of what I was doing was um, focused on that. It has very, very little to do with what I do now, except for um, all the things that I didn't like or that I wasn't able to change or really, and you probably know this about me or could guess it just because of knowing me for a really long time, um, mastering my role and then getting really bored with it and frustrated because what, you know, I need something else. I need something that's, um, that's farther than this, that's beyond this. I always want to look at the bigger picture of things. And that's even true. Um, when I started my company, we started as a web design studio. And for me, um, like, I always wanted to solve the problem behind the need for a website. Mm. It's not, you don't need a website. Like, what are you actually looking for? And so that got me into um, thinking about different um, models for marketing and for um, doing the thing that they hoped the website would do for them. Um, So I'm always looking at a a bigger and bigger and bigger picture of things. I feel like one day I'm just going to be looking at the whole universe and like, okay, what can we do with this? But, (laughs) um, (laughs) but, uh, I just, um, I really want to, to look at things from a, like what's really going on here, um, perspective and try to figure out ways to solve it that are not, the things that everybody just knows, because obviously like we try different things that we feel like we're supposed to do, but there is a reason that they're not working. And the reason is usually in the individual, in the person executing it. And, um, so there's a lot of, 
of looking at it from a, a human perspective too, about who are the individuals in this thing and um, what are their strengths and what are their limitations and how can we build something that that works with who they are to get to have the impact that they want to have. Um, so, so yeah, as an employee, I didn't have a whole lot of power or control over getting to look at those bigger picture things. Um, and a lot of it was just status quo, um, pushing that forward and, um, running different systems and, um, and that's just not who I am. It, I'm always going to be looking for more than that. So I feel like I didn't really have a choice. (laughs) It's like either be homeless or start your own business. Totally. Well, I mean, that leads me to another uh, thing that I'm super curious about in the story too, which is how your identity has shifted in this uh, journey that you've been on. Because, you know, I think when people start their own company, when they start their own business, uh, that identity of entrepreneur becomes really ingrained in who they are and how they relate to the rest of the world. Uh, And when you come on board with someone else, or even when you partner up with someone else, I've seen that with our members at Co-Commercial, when they have partnership opportunities, there's there's an identity shift that happens there. Can you talk about how your identity has changed? Maybe was there any kind of identity crisis? How How did you work yourself through that inevitable shift that you went through. Yeah. Well, that piece has definitely been really challenging for one, because as, um, uh, when I was on my own, I had a community that knew who I was and all of my clients were coming to me for help. And I didn't have to, I was at a, a point in my growth that I didn't actually have to seek out those people. I never had to sell my ideas to anyone because they had been reading my work for a long time. They'd been following me for a long time and they they knew who I was. Um, and it's been very different being on a team of people in an industry that is parallel to um, kind of the online entrepreneurship industry because it, it's tech and there's a lot of folks and there's a lot of alignment there, but it is not the same people. And so I kind of came in, um, originally I think I had a lot of ego, I guess, around all of that. And I don't even say ego as a bad thing. It was also like where a lot of my confidence in, um, what I could do and what I could bring came from was those experiences and having that validation, And, um, on, on my team, I had, you know, obviously Adam had known and followed my work for a long time, but, um, no one else on the team had, it was, Mm. it was like coming in and the rock stars were different people and I wasn't one of them. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and I mean, obviously they respected me, um, as, just as a person, as a human being, everyone on our team is really amazing, but I've never, I don't have that context there. So that was one, one part of it. Um, another part of it is, um, really like knowing it's interesting when you're on your own or you're the head of something, you do 
what you want to do because there really isn't anybody pushing back or um, saying, oh, no, I don't think we should do that. Or if they are, you're just like, well, you don't know what you're talking about because I have a like I have a bigger perspective on um, on where we want to go. And um, and I know what we're doing um, on a team. It is a lot different. You a lot of times, and it's a good thing. It's so good to have these differing perspectives coming at you, but, um, it's harder to stay like you have to intentionally think, well, at least this is the trick that I use is if I were on my own, if I had nobody else, if this were just my thing and I was doing it by myself, what would I do? And um, if I don't ask myself that question, it's very easy for me to um, go in a direction that, you know, other people want to go or to really doubt myself Mm. and um, my vision. Um, And uh, man, so definitely there's been an identity sort of shift in that is like, where do I find my confidence if my confidence isn't in the validation of other people, which I think is super healthy and I'm really grateful for, but was also incredibly hard because I'm not borrowing that from, you know, an audience of uh, fans or anything. Not that I don't still have that community, but um, that's not, you know, what my role is um, on our team. So, um I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm just now getting to a place where I can, um, I'm learning, you know, what I need as a leader, um, working with the folks around me and, um, how to collaborate in a way that really, um, honors the person that I am as well as the people around me, um, and it feels really good, but it feels like I'm just sort of beginning to figure that out. <laughs> I love that perspective on validation because I could f- I could f- see myself as you were describing that uh, struggling with that same thing too. And I don't think that it had ever occurred to me. Like I, I can totally relate to and would expect that if I moved into a, a very entrepreneurial position at a, at another company, um, you know, that I would, uh, you know, I'd, I'd find ways of, of taking risks and creating new things and, and really pushing yes. the envelope. But the idea mm-hmm. that within that, then where does the validation come from? Where does right. that, yeah. that had never occurred to me. And I really appreciate your perspective on that. <laughs> um, You're welcome. Yeah. So let's talk more about sort of the projects that you have spearheaded at and yet, but yep. before we get there, why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit more about what and yet as an agency actually does? Um, yeah, well, it's kind of a weird uh, software consultancy. If you go to our website, andyat.com, you'll see what I mean by weird. Um, <laughs> we have so we've done so many things. And the reason is because um, we're not a company that exists to um, serve the work, um, to do this thing and just be amazing at it, even though we are really respected in our field for the work we do on uh, real-time software development and consulting around that kind of stuff. 
but we exist for the people who work there. And so um, there's a thing that Adam always says is that every single person who joins an organization should change that organization in some way. And so the projects that we do very much reflect the people and their passions and their ideas. Um, and you can see, um, in addition to creating software and um, having pioneered things like Talkie and um, Simple Web RTC, um, we've done really weird conferences that um, incorporate like a whole storytelling element where the attendees are part of the story and there's art everywhere and there's this like text adventure thing and um, we um, make really weird and fun shirts and (laughs) we uh turned an old abandoned theater into a local music venue. Um, we've done all of these things. Um, we created a, a the world's first JavaScript training musical, which was <laughs> <laughs> really interesting. Um, we do a lot of things in the community. Um, we've done created graphic novels. And um, before I joined the team, they spent a month working from a castle in Italy. Uh, it is, uh, it is a really interesting place to work and you never really know what's coming next. You just know that it's going to be, um, good and thoughtful and caring of the people around you. And, uh, I mean, it's the reason why I joined the team and why I thought I would, I would never work for anyone ever. I just thought I, I can't, I'm not the type of person who, um, works for other people. Um, but when I came and visited and I, I just felt that culture and that heart and their humility and, um, the way that they take care of each other, I just fell in love with the team and, um, it's changed my life fundamentally. It's changed the way I think about marketing and the way I think about everything. So, um, that's a long answer to your question. What is and yet, but <laughs> that is, <laughs> I, I figured it wasn't going to be a short answer. I mean, it really is from yeah, my perspective, no. like the most Sarah Bray company that could exist without being founded by Sarah Bray. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> which, which, which leads into, I think, this the next part of the conversation pretty well. I think you are an extremely mission-driven person. You're an extremely yeah. impact-driven person. You talked about impact earlier. You also value quality of work and innovation and creativity uh, pretty much at a level that I just, I, I don't know anyone else who thinks the way you do about these things and, and it thinks about how you can incorporate them into better and better work the way you do. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. I, I truly mean that. And, and, you know, for anyone who doesn't know you, I mean, I think that's you in a nutshell, as far as I can tell from, mm. from the last almost a decade. Um so I'm curious how your mission, how this focus on impact, how your focus on pushing the envelope with the work, the art that you create, 
how is that evolving? How is that emerging into the projects that you're working on right now at And Yet? What are those projects and and how does it relate to uh, how you're pushing your mission forward? Well, um, one of the definitely the most interesting and closest to my heart project that I've been working on for the past year is a project called Leadershipy. And um, what that has evolved into is um, there are ways that we support our team in our organization. A lot of it has been um, through one-on-one conversations. We're starting to try to build systems and tools and to document our philosophies around those things. And, um, and we're, when I talk about supporting people, I mean, supporting who they are as individuals in knowing themselves, knowing their strengths, knowing their limits, um, their personal growth, knowing what they need, um, to support their emotional and mental health, um, knowing what they need to avoid burnout, to help them to wake up every day and continue to love what they do and how they're doing it. And so um, we have a lot of ideas on those things. Um, Adam's given a lot of talks about what the people first means to us and um, about the kind of leadership that the kind of leaders that we want to be and that we actually believe that um, everyone has the potential to lead when um, your focus on leadership is um, on bringing up the people around you and helping them to be the best version of themselves. Um, and when I say best version, I don't mean like some idealized perfect person. I mean the truest to who you actually are. So leadershipy is, um, a collection of these tools and resources and philosophies that we're building. And, um, it has gone through a lot of iterations in the past year. Um, it wasn't called leadership. We didn't have a name for it at first. Um, we were, um, it started actually with, a, a short story that I wrote, um, for our team that was, um, meant to, um, kind of start a relationship with people that we would continue through, um, a mailing list. Um, And that short story turned into a much longer thing. Um, It's all online. Uh, It's called The Call of the Wildling at wildling.co. It turned into this interactive um, uh, experience that uses story and music and um, there's reflection exercises, there's video, um, helping people to pursue um, their own uniqueness to, um, deal with the pressures of modern creative life to, um, avoid burnout and to focus on the things that they're uniquely made to do. Um, and so that was the thing that started this whole thing. It's like, well, what if we, what if we did this? And then it just turned into this, um, really crazy and amazing, amazing thing. Um, And so we decided that what we want to do is to create more resources like that. Um, My, um, a book that I wrote um, coming on three years ago now uh, about a human approach to marketing um, for people who would rather 
create their work than persuade people to buy it. Um, I'm working on a, a second edition of that. So that's going to be a, a resource in leadership. We have a newsletter that we're, um, we're just starting. The first issue is coming out hopefully today. Um, and that, yeah. And that we're um, exploring how do we lead with a perspective of possibility? Um, the question, what if, like, what if we could do this thing rather than focusing on problems, focusing on, on possibility. And, um, yeah, so we're slowly kind of creating this collection of resources based on the things that we need to support ourselves as people, as leaders and the things that the people on our team needs as well. So, um, we're hoping on working on more, um, things that we do systematically within the organization that we're developing with conversations with our team. We're gathering a lot of feedback from people about, um, what they need and, um, incorporating our existing philosophies into all of that. So yeah, it's, um, it's also a thing that's hard to explain in like a really short, (laughs) um, (laughs) way, but, uh, it, it is something that's intrinsic to who we are. And once you know who and yet is, you kind of understand like why a software company would invest in something like this. And it is because, like at the core of who we are beyond what we do, um, it is to care for people and to care for ourselves first so that we can do that. Got it. So. Well, that's, you keep leading me to exactly where I would like to go next, which is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) But that's exactly where my brain went was like, okay, this all sounds phenomenal. I'm sure people are like, wow, it's great that you have all these resources that you can invest in these things. But how does this fit into the rest of the business. And I guess even more Mm -hmm. than that, like I get why you're focused. I get why you're focused to people first, obviously. I get why you're really interested in um, developing the people on your team so that they can be the best people that they can be and they can contribute to and get in incredible ways and that you can support them in incredible ways. But why turn that into a public facing thing? Can you talk about the decision making process or or the philosophy behind taking what could just be internal development and turning Mm -hmm. it into something that is public, uh, outward facing? Um, How does that are you guys looking at that as marketing? Are you looking at as this is our contribution to society? What are you thinking about that? (laughs) Well, um, one of the things that we really want to do is work with people and clients, um, customers who align with our thinking on those levels, um, just because it's more fun to work with people who, um, you kind of feel like you're, you have this sort of kindred connection to. So from a strategic perspective, um, putting our thinking out there in that way, um, is definitely uh, worthwhile. Uh, we get to meet with people who care about similar things, who think from a perspective of like, how can we, um, do these things better? And, um, and it really helps us to have a foundation for 
caring for our clients as well. I mean, because everything about, you know, self-care and personal growth and personal growth on your own team, like the, the reason that we are able to help other people is because we do those things for ourselves internally first. Um, but putting that out there, talking about it with others helps us to, um, make that more, bring that awareness to our industry, but we're also able to meet a lot of interesting people who have perspective to share with us that we didn't think about. Um, and obviously there's work opportunities there too, because we're all doing software stuff. And, um, so it makes sense on a business level. Um, I did for a while, I was, um, experimenting with actually treating it as its own business Mm. unit. Um, I spent actually the first quarter of this year stepping back from, um, from it, just from a, trying to see it from a, as objective of a perspective as I could. And I was conducting this sort of experiment, um, that we would actually build a team around it, that it would be self-sustaining in and of itself with the different products and things that we were building. Um, but I decided not to go in that direction and instead to treat it as, um, this is a resource for us as a team internally that we are making public that is contributing to our business development, but is not its own unit. Um, simply because I'm looking at the mm-hmm. whole, we have, um, new, a new product that we're working on getting out there. We have a new service offering that's come about through just a couple people asking us for this specific thing. And we're like, Hmm, that that's something that we could do for a lot more people. Um, so I want us to be investing our business efforts into those things, um, while also developing this because it is helping us internally and, and making that public and, um, using that as a, a way to get our voices out there in the way that we can uniquely do because otherwise, I mean, software can be a commodity, Mm -hmm. right? Like you have these skills, it's translatable from team to team, maybe like this team better than the other one or whatever. But, um, if you want something done, there's a million places that you can get it done, but you can't, you cannot, um, go anywhere that has the same, um, heart and, innovation and, um, like in the direction that we do there, there's just nobody else like, and yet for that. And I, I know that, um, Adam would probably be like, what there's other people, but to me, because like, I, I am like, I've never, I've never met another team that has that, um, particular flavor of, um, compassion and creativity that Andy does. And that is a way that we can show that to people and, um, contribute value to them without asking for anything in return. Mm, that makes complete sense to me. And I love the way you described that. 
As we start to wrap up here, yeah. you mentioned a couple of of the product, a, a product and a service that you guys are working on developing out and, and getting out there in a bigger way. And you told me in our pre-interview questions that you are working on a quote unquote carrier pigeon approach to finding your first 10 <laughs> clients for this new product. Can you elaborate on that? What is a carrier pigeon approach to finding your first 10 clients? Well, I think that whenever you're building a product, it's really um, tempting to like make it look really amazing and snazzy and get it out there and get your sales page written and like show it to the world. Um, but instead of doing that, we're really taking an individual um we're presenting it to this person that we would like to work with and this person that has inquired about this thing that's kind of related and um, really um, kind of delivering that by hand. Um, I'm going to also use a different metaphor than the carrier pigeon thing um, because it's something that I've thought about a lot in um, um, being a small business and um Actually, it sounds kind of stupid now that I'm like getting ready to say it out loud. But imagine that you have this box of cookies and you may have heard me talk about this before. But um, as an individual, as a person, it's really easy to go knock on someone's door and say, hey, do you want a cookie? I made these. I'm your neighbor. I just want to say hi. Um, as an organization, um, the the default though is to like get a helicopter and go flying above the community and like distributing gallons of cookies, like by <laughs> throwing them out the side of the window and people just have to kind of pick up the crumbs. And, um, I think that we really have a strength as small, um, organizations as individuals that we can actually take a very individual approach to things. And actually that's, the smartest way to see if something's going to be sustainable before you invest a ton of money into um, making it visible to the entire world. So that's really what we're trying to do with that is sort of proving the concept before we make it into a official thing. I dig it. And I really dig that cookie metaphor. That's a beautiful way to talk about that. <laughs> Sarah Bray, this has been a thank you. I might just be oh, hungry. Uh, this has been a great conversation. Um, and I just I really appreciate you kind of sharing your own personal journey, uh, more about what and yet is up to and really just your philosophy and mission behind everything you do, because I've just I've always appreciated how it is baked into every single decision that you make. And I hope if if people take nothing else away from that, that they see how that that how furthering your mission really is at the core of all of the decisions that you've made, both inside your business and for yourself personally, uh, uh, over, well, as long as you've been in business, I guess. So thank you. Uh, thanks for the great conversation. <laughs> thank you, Tara. It's been super fun. Sarah Bray is partner and chief of strategy at And Yet. Find out more about And Yet at andyet.com. That's A-N-D-Y-E-T dot com. Follow Sarah's personal work at sarahjbray.com. 
What Works is brought to you by CoCommercial. At CoCommercial, we put you in the driver's seat of your own small business journey. Instead of asking you to pay more every time you have a question or challenge in your business, all you need to do is ask. When you join our social and support network, especially for small business owners, you get unlimited access to hundreds of members with diverse experience, expertise, and backgrounds. You tell us what you want to know or find yourself struggling with, and we'll let you know what's worked for us. 60% of our members have been in business three years or longer. 30% have been in business six years or longer. We're coaches, designers, photographers, strategists, community leaders, consultants, artists, lawyers, and educators. Co-Commercial is your one-stop shop for answers, training, feedback, networking, and so much more. But you don't have to take my word for it. When you join us, you have 30 days to check everything out. If you don't believe that Co-Commercial gives you unparalleled opportunities for learning, networking, exploration, and discussion about what works in small business today, we'd love to refund your membership fee. Request your invitation to Co-Commercial today. Go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. If you love getting a behind-the-scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. What Works is produced by Rosie Medias and edited by Marty Seafelt. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs, and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.